Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Oh, it's fun to be here. <laughs> On the go. We, um, man, I'm so thankful it was good weather, you know, because coming this time of year, you just never know what you're going to get. And uh, we're supposed to have awesome weather this weekend. A little windy on Sunday, but that's okay. I'm excited you're all here. I hope you're excited you're all here. We're going to have a lot of fun over the next uh, 48 hours, 24 hours, whatever it is. But anyway, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be here in Cheyenne, Wyoming with the Vineyard Healing Rooms. Lord, what a blessing, what an honor. Lord, I ask that you would just help us to quiet the busyness of the day. Lord, that uh, you would just wash us and cleanse us with your blood right now. Father, that you would release revelation knowledge as we share what your word has to say over the next day. Father, I thank you for your ministering angels. I thank you for... I thank you for all that you've done. I thank you for all that you've said and all that you're going to say. So, Lord, you are more than welcome here. We desperately need you. So, Father, we dedicate this time tonight and tomorrow to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. My name is Tom Terrell. And my wife, Jana... And we are the directors of the Healing Rooms in Loveland. And um, we have been doing Healing Rooms for 10 years now on Monday nights down in Loveland. And um, no two Monday nights have ever been the same. And God always shows up. And there was a lot of things I thought that I was in control of that I never was, and he let me know that. And so... Uh, so anyway, we made this awesome connection with, uh, with the Vineyard Church here in town, and uh, what a wonderful relationship. We just don't get up here enough, and we've been saying for probably two or three years, we, let's go to church on Sunday, let's go to church on Sunday, and uh, you know, life just gets away from you. It just, every, you're so busy all the time. Um, so we had to make a special appointment <laughs> to be here, and we are going to be in church on Sunday, and we're, ex we're excited about that. Okay, we want to we do all that. We, I want to stretch your faith. I want to I build up your faith through testimonies and, and the things that we share, and you are 100% right that, you know what, the church hasn't done a really good job about teaching, about healing. And the reason is, is because it's risky. My goodness, what if you pray for somebody and they don't get healed? You know what? They'll get all mad and frustrated and leave the church and take their tithe with them. And, but nobody looks at the other side. What if you pray for them and they do get healed? And that's caused some issues too. Down in, in Loveland at some, some uh, traditional conservative churches where some of those people came to the healing rooms uh, many years ago and, and were healed 
and they went back to their church and go, Pastor, why don't we do this at our church? Well, <clears throat> we believe in it. We're just not going to teach it. And it's like, well, what is that all about? So anyway, um, we've been doing this for 10 years. And like I said, no two Monday nights have ever been the same. And some Monday nights I feel just like you. Uh, we both work f full-time jobs. You know, I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and I go to work. Uh, I work in a, in a cabinet shop down in Loveland right now. And I work until about 2.30 or 3.30. And I have enough time maybe to go home and change clothes and <clears throat> sometimes get a shower. And then I go set up the healing rooms because we're in a... We're in a small church on the south side of town, and it's not our church. We, they just let us use their building on Monday nights. So we have, you know, set up and take down, set up and take down, and put the sign out, put the banner out, and all those things. And, you know, yeah, there's been times, to be real honest with you, and I hope I can be honest with you, there's just some times you just don't want to go. <laughs> but I'm the director. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've got to go. So anyway, I mean, you just go. You just don't have, just don't have anything, and you're tired, and you just want to go home. But you know, you get there, and uh, we start praying for people and start seeing people that have been coming in and coming in, and and before you know it, you're all juiced up and you're just all excited, and and you see God move and and God speaks through you, and you you. There's many a nights I've gone home going, where did that come from? I had no clue about that. And then I, um, after the healing rooms on Monday night, there's a few of us that all go out to uh, McDonald's or Burger King or whatever, and we debrief what went on in your room, what went on in your room, and we kind of get to settle down a little bit before we go home. And you know what? I, being tired is just gone. It's just gone. It's so fun. We have several people on our team that just say this is addicting. You start to see God move, and you see things happen, and we've had people that say, you know what, I'm only going to come maybe I, you know, once a month, I'm only going to be able to be there. And it's like, okay, fine, well then the next three weeks you see him there, and I thought you said you were only coming once a month. I just can't stay away. It's like, okay, good. We're excited. Um, we have about 35, 40 volunteers from 16 different churches on our team. And we have seen some people come and go, and they're all amazing. They all have been amazing. Um, it's just fun. It's just fun to hang out with those people, like-minded people that want to see the, the glory of God come and, and see the miraculous. Do we see the miraculous every week? No. But you know what? We, we loose things in the name of Jesus. And I believe whenever you do that, Whenever you lose something in the name of Jesus, something happens. You may not see it right then and there, but I guarantee you something happens. Um, the nights when you would think nobody in their right mind would be out. I mean, snowstorm, uh, was it two weeks ago we had a snowstorm? It was cold and it was coming and it was already snowing in Loveland and, and people would call, are you open tonight, are you open tonight? And Yes, we're open tonight, but I don't know how long we're going to be open tonight because the roads are going to get bad, and you know I'm, I'm concerned about our volunteers, and I want everybody to be safe. And, and you know, we had a gentleman drive from Greeley 
which is 30 miles to the east of Loveland. And, and it was a divine appointment. He needed to be there, and God wanted him to be there. And um, we only saw five people that night, but it was the right five people. And he was blessed uh, tremendously. So it was worth it. But you think, nobody's going to show up. And those are our busiest nights. It's just wild. This healing stuff is only hard if you think you have anything to do with it. Okay. Um, also, too, um, we have several of our people coming up tomorrow to minister to you. Um, you know, they, they're fun. They, they hear that you're taking a road trip, and they are, they're more than, they'll beat you to the van, you know. And uh, I said, okay, if you guys can come up, um, you know, that would be awesome. So a lot of them are going to show up about noon. And we're going to start ministering to people, to you, uh, at 1 o'clock. And so what we'll do is if, if, if we just stopped and started ministering, we'd never get through this teaching. And so um, somehow we'll work out a system to where you can rotate in and out and you can be prayed for. And we're recording this. And so you're not going to miss anything because these tapes only sell $100 a piece. <laughs> So anyway, um, we have several people that are very gifted and talented and that are a true blessing. They want to come up and minister to you. And so that'll be tomorrow, okay? And so the booklet that you have in your hand is yours. That is a, a gift from the, uh, from the uh, Cheyenne Vineyard. That is yours. You can write in it. You can take notes. You can do any of that. If you ever have any questions as, I, as I'm sharing, um, just raise your hand. Because I'm here for you. I want you to get as much out of it as you can. And if you have questions, I want you to get your questions answered. Okay? Um, and so on page three is our outline. We're going to talk about faith and trust, the power of, the wor of words and blessing. We're going to talk about roadblocks to healing, words of knowledge. We're going to talk about deliverance, the anointing, and the authority. Okay? And I have thousands of stories, testimonies of what we've seen and what we've gone through. And, um, and so my wife is here to make sure that I stay online and I don't tell stories all the time. How many of you here have been to a healing rooms before? Oh, I would have been better off to say who hadn't. Okay. How many of you here need healing <laughs> besides you? You have something going on in your body right now? How many of you are in pain right now? You're in pain right now? Pain? Pain? Okay. You know, the Word says that, that wherever, the, wherever the Word is taught with power and might, and I'm not putting any pressure on myself, but I believe that is, a lot of you are going to be touched just as, we, as we're talking and as we go through these scriptures. Okay? And then as you go through the next page, page four, you'll see our vision, which is, I'm sure is probably real close to your vision, to reestablish healing as a vital ministry in the body of Christ throughout Loveland and northern Colorado, and we'll say Wyoming. To unite, heal, restore the family of God to prepare for the end-time harvest by teaching the written word of God and by building up a faith through the sharing of testimonies. To restore the ministry of healing and deliverance to the whole church to reach every person 
in Loveland, Northern Colorado and Wyoming, that every person be brought to a place of salvation and healing because the whole person needs to be impacted by the whole God, according to 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We want to bring together a united team of intercessors and healing technicians from as many churches across Loveland, Colorado, and Wyoming as possible. To have a place, and this is real important, to have a place where everyone will feel welcome and comfortable to have a divine appointment with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Those who accept Jesus in the healing rooms will be encouraged to uh, join a local church. Over the next couple of pages, uh, page 5, page 6, you'll see what we believe. We are a Christian organization. We are a non-profit Christian organization. I'm not going to read all of that, but I'll let you, I, want, I want you to know who we are and where, what we're, where we're coming from. And then, uh, and then page 7 and 8 is our statement of faith. And you might think it's interesting that we would list that, but you never know what you're getting into. I guarantee you that, you know, there was a, um, back in 1991, the January of 1991, I found out that I had Hodgkin's disease, which is a lymphoma cancer, okay, before, you know, we got into it a little ways, uh, you know, before I knew it, I was stage four, and, um, and so, you know, that was a learning experience, but back then, I wouldn't have gone to a healing room because I'm one of those guys that, you know, I, I, I was born and raised Catholic. And, um, you know, uh, the Catholic faith, is, it's a private and personal thing. And I just, I just wouldn't have done it. My wife, on the other hand, she's one of those Pentecostal people. <laughs> Praise Lord. <laughs> you beat me to that. And she kept wanting to bring people over to the house and have them pray for me. And I said, no, I don't want people coming over to the house I don't know. And, um, but anyway, um, to make a really long story very short, the Lord healed me of that cancer. I got real close to having a bone marrow transplant, uh, which is, was experimental back in 1991. And... Um, I did chemotherapy, and I had a, a major surgery where they took out my spleen because it was twice its normal size, and, and the doctor called me one day, and I th they were prepping me to do this bone marrow transplant, and they said, well, I've got some good news for you, and I thought he, they were going to be able to do this bone marrow transplant right away, and, and he goes, you know, we sent the biopsies to Denver, and, and Denver checked them out, and they sent them to Omaha because it Bone marrow was still experimental back then. And so um, the doctors in Omaha called Denver and wanted to know what they were looking for. And they said, residual reoccurring Hodgkin's disease. And they said, there's no cancer in these biopsies that you sent me. So you're, you're done. And, uh, and I go, that's a miracle. And my doctor wouldn't, you know, that's a miracle. And it's like I'm freaking out. And, and uh, so he goes, we canceled, your, we canceled your bone marrow and we canceled the rest of your chemotherapy. You're done. And 
it's like, wow. You know, this is before cell phones. Well, cell phones back in the day were bigger than this thing. <laughs> okay? You had pagers. And so I tried to page Janet at work, and, and she was already out uh, delivering her mail. She's a mail carrier. And um, couldn't get a hold of her. I said, have her call me as soon as she can. I called my mom and dad. And I said, the Lord has healed me. I don't have cancer anymore. And my mom goes, well, that's nice, honey. <laughs> they just don't have a grid for that type of miracle, you know. And so, um, anyway, it was awesome. And I have been clean. That was, that was February 18th, 1982. No, 92. And I've been clean ever since. And I've never had any issues and, and never had any problems. And so um, you would have thought that would have started me on this thing of healing. But it didn't. You know, I was at the time I was a workaholic. And, um, and I knew about God, but I didn't know God. And unbeknownst to me, Jana was the one that went to all these different schools and teaching on the prophetic. And, and, you know, she'd go to church Sundays and she'd go to church. When I went to church. I was an elder in the church. And, but she would go to all these different things. And then I would stay home and watch the kids and, and just let her go. Well, unbeknownst to me, she came home and she would lay hands on me while I was sleeping and prayed. And imparted all that she had learned that night. So when we were introduced to healing rooms, it was like the light went on. I knew stuff I shouldn't know. And, and so um, I caught up real fast. Janet was always up here spiritually, I felt, and I was down here, and I was okay with that. And now we're, we're on the same level, and we're growing at the same speed. Okay, enough of that. Statement of, statement of faith. So that tells you that we're Christian people, and we believe in Jesus, and we believe in the virgin birth, and we believe all that stuff in the Bible. We believe that God still heals today like he did back then, okay? On page 9, you'll see a th uh, it says the heading, John G. Lake, a man of healing. John G. Lake was the man who started the healing rooms way back when, early 1900s. He was a newspaper man, and, you know, back then, I think John, uh, he was working for the newspaper, and I think he was making about $40,000 a year. But he, he had a big family. I mean, he had like 16 brothers and sisters. And so they started to die off for different reasons, different diseases, different sickness. And he thought it was, you know, he'd had enough. And um, he wanted to start praying for people. So his, his boss said, you know what, John, why don't you take three months off and go pray for people, get this out of your system, and then come back. Well, he took that three months off and he never went back. It's an amazing story of this man. He is one of the generals of the faith that, that saw the miraculous happen. And he opened the healing rooms up in Spokane, Washington, which is where the headquarters is still today. Uh, John G. Lake was responsible for raising over a million converts, 625 churches, uh, 1,250 uh, preachers in five years of ministry. Because of his resurrection revelation, he had a deadly plague 
germ die in his hand. Yet at the start of his ministry, he thought he could only be healed by Dr. Alexander Dowie in, the, in Dowie's healing rooms. I think it was in Illinois. It's an amazing story. Um, tomorrow, we have brought several books up with us from our bookstore on healing, on, on deliverance, on um, uh, prophecy, all different things. And we will put those books out in the back. And you know what? I'm not in the, I'm not in the business to sell books. Uh, they do help finance our, our ministry a little bit. But these are the types of books you're not going to find in a typical bookstore. Okay? So anyway, you can keep reading about John G. Lake. It's an amazing story. The thing that really amazed me is that he was called to Africa, and he, uh, he took his family to Africa with $1.75 in his pocket. He felt he was called to go to Africa, and um, he went on $1.75. <laughs> you can't even come to Cheyenne for $1.75. Um, it was $300 to pay the visa cost to get into Africa back in that day. And you know what? God, show, God had this little lady show up, says, I'm supposed to pay for a family of Americans to come into the country. And she, she paid it. I mean, the man got there on, uh, on God. It's amazing. Page 14, there are books there about John G. Lake, and we will have some of those with us. John G. Lake, Seven Secrets. One, he was fed up with sickness and disease. He treated all sickness as a person and an entity. He decided to obey the Bible. He became very aggressive against the spirit of darkness. He said faith sees the end before the beginning. He was acting out the Great Commission, and he prayed in the spirit. So from this point on, what I'd like to do is ask you to shut off all your religious filters. You know, things that you, things that you were taught, things you thought you were taught, things you thought you knew. You know, well, the Bible said this. It may not even be in the Bible. Um, just shut those filters off. You know, we run a lot of uh, things through those filters in trying to get to God. And, and we just need to get those filters out of the way and let God do what he wants to do. Always ask Jesus for revelation knowledge of his word. And if you remembered when, when I prayed, when we opened, I asked him that he would release that revelation knowledge. There has been so many classes that we have done where we're sitting there and we're reading the scripture and somebody goes, oh, that says that? You know, and they've read that scripture 100,000 times before and all of a sudden now they're reading it again for the first time. That's fun. One thing about this class is it's very interactive. There is a ton of scriptures in these pages, and I'm not going to read them all. I want you to read them. Um, and because faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. And so we're going to just we're just going to read those scriptures out. I'm not going to call on anybody to read. Some people don't like to read in public. Some people don't like to pray in public. Well, get over that. And. So you find a scripture you like, you just blast it out and where everybody can hear. So my first question to you is, how do you act when you're sick? And this is where I expect answers. How do you act when you're sick? Pitiful. Thank you for being honest. How do you act when you're sick? Huh? No way. 
Okay. Pitiful. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Sure. Who else? You have to be sick to do that? Yeah. Okay. Anybody else? Awesome. How do you act when you're sick? You know, most of the time, you're exactly right. You focus on the symptoms. You don't want to do anything. You put things off. You just want to sit there and feel sick. Okay? So what do you do when you're sick? Feeling sick is one thing. What do you do when you're sick? Hmm? Exactly. Sleep. What else? Hmm? Feel sorry for yourself? You know, I've had classes where people give you all those holy answers. Oh, I pray, you know. I, I come against it in the name, and all that's great, but I love it when somebody's honest and go, you know what, I just feel like garbage, and I don't want to do anything. You want to go to your room, you want to get in bed, you want to close the curtains, pull the covers over your head, and do not bother me. And some of, the, some of you are whiners and complainers to where if you have a spouse, they stand at the door and they throw in a piece of raw meat and close the door. Because there's no way they're going in that room. <coughs> Janet hasn't felt good all week. I didn't do that. I went and got hamburgers and french fries and I left them at the door. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to go to bed. And he wants you to isolate yourself. Because once he's got you isolated, then he can just start beating the ever-loving out of you. You know, oh, this is going to last for days. Oh, you're not going to get paid from work. You know, you're going to miss work. Uh, things aren't going to get done. You know, what kind of Christian are you? You know, if you're sick. Okay, I don't want you to explode. That would not be good. The Lord's just not leaving me alone. That's good. So... Uh, there's, there's something that, that happens to us. It, it's a natural reaction of our brain. It's called cognitive dissonance. It's what happened with your parents when you were healed and they just said, oh, that's nice. Because it, it was totally outside of their grid. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, I, I pray you would deliver all of us from cognitive dissonance as a response to the truth of your word and to your desire for us to be healed. And I just command the blinding to be lifted from our understanding related to the truth of your word and the gospel and our calling in your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. This is going to be so fun. So we want to spend some time and see where, where does sickness come from and who started it. Okay? So we're on page 15. If somebody would read out loud Genesis 3, verse 4 and 6.
pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, he took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Okay, that's what we call the fall, right there. That's where we lost all of the dominion. We lost the keys to the kingdom. You know, the interesting thing there is, and the serpent said to the woman, ye shall surely not die. What did he do? Satan right there planted doubt. And you know what? That doubt still works just as well today as it did back then. We doubt. We doubt the power of God. We doubt what we truly believe. Um, we doubt that, that God is bigger than our problem. And we get caught up in our problem. And we start focusing on our problem and not on what God can do. If somebody would read Job 2.7, please. Okay. So who did that? Satan did that. God didn't do that. I think God said, you know what? You can test him. You can do this. You can do that. But you can't kill him. Okay? John 8, 44, Jesus speaking. You are from your father, the devil, and you choose to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand the, stand the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he's speaking according to his own nature, for he is a liar and he is the father of lies. And that is the new reverse standard. One of the things that people run into when they come to the healing rooms is they come in, and if you've never been to a healing room, um, your healing rooms are set up where everything is private and confidential. You'll go into a small room, and there will be uh, two, three, maybe four sometimes prayer partners in that room, and they're there to, to pray for you. And each one of them has a piece of what God wants to say. Okay, And that's what's so amazing is that some people in that room have the gift of prophecy. Some people in that room have the, the gift of healing. Some people in that room are feelers. You know, those people that go, whoa, you know, like that. <laughs> whoa. You know, or, or they, they, those people that have a scripture for everything. And uh, some of those are hearers. They hear God's voice. And some of them are um, hearers, feelers, seers. They see amazing things. They see angels, they see demons, they see, um, they see these amazing pictures of what's going on. And so people come in and they have this amazing encounter with God and, and maybe they didn't get their healing for whatever reason. It did not manifest in this realm at that time. So as soon as they start to leave the building, the thought comes, well, that was a waste of time. What'd you go do that for? Obviously, there's, nothing, there's no power there that nothing happened like that. Well, if Satan is lying to you about what just happened, something must have happened because he's trying to get you to give up on what you just received. Think about that. The other thing that, that Satan does is he works on our team members. Oh, nothing ever happens in my room. We haven't seen a miracle in our room in a long time. Nobody's gotten free. I just don't make a difference. Or they have so many volunteers, they really don't need me. What a bunch of bunk. We need you. We are so desperate for volunteers. 
on any given night, we average about, I'm going to say, 18 to 20 people in the healing room side. Okay? And then that's healing rooms. And then we have prophetic rooms. And we could have anywhere from, from 15 to 22 on the prophetic side. So together, we could have almost 40 ministry times in one night. We need as many volunteers as we can get. Because some of those people sit and wait for two hours to be prayed for. I'm an old restaurant guy. You know what? Nobody sits in a restaurant for two hours and waits for their meal. Nobody. They'll find somewhere else to go. There's too many other places. And it, it really bothers me to see people wait for two hours. But they will to have an encounter with God. Okay? Anyway. I don't know why I shared all that, but I did. John 10.10, 10, the, th the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Somebody would read Revelation 20.10, please. Amen. Psalm 107, 17. Okay. The really fun thing about God is that He's God and He can do whatever He wants, even in spite of us. Um, some people are sick because of they they. They, you know, they shoot themselves in the foot. You know, a smoker that has smoked for 20 years or, or however long, and they have lung cancer, and now they're crying out to God to heal their lungs. Can God do that? Sure he can. You know what? How about the alcoholic that's been drinking a, a fifth of booze every day for, for two or three years and his liver shot? Can God give him a new liver? Sure he can. God can do whatever he wants to do, any time he wants to do it. <clears throat> I believe that the Lord wants to deal with, why did they start drinking in the first place? Why did they start smoking in the first place? I could give them new lungs, and I could give them new livers, but why don't we, do, why don't we take care of the core issue so when they get those new lungs, they can keep them? <clears throat> okay? That's what I want to do. I want to, I, want to, I want to get to the core issue. I was out in my yard one time pulling weeds. And you know when you pull weeds and you just pull the top off and you think that's good? At least it looks better. I said, Lord, I'm done. I don't want to pull the tops off of them anymore. You know, I don't want people just to get a healing. I want to get to the core and I want to pull the root out. Okay, that's what we need to do. Healing in the Word, the origin of sickness. If somebody would read Romans 5.12, please. That's right. We've already talked about that, the fall. How man came into sin, we've already talked about that in Genesis 2.17. 
in Genesis 3.19, the story of the serpent with Adam and Eve and, and God. You know, it's interesting and something I've learned over just the last few years. It's uh, how many times do we get in trouble and we do something stupid and, and we try to run and hide from God when we really should be running towards him? <laughs> you know, we think we can hide from him and, and it, you know, he, he'll not see it or he'll forget about it. No. Number two, healing in the atonement. If somebody would read Isaiah 53, 4. Okay, that was prophesied way before Christ even came on the scene. That he carried all of our sickness and all of our diseases. Matthew 8, 16, 17. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed, possessed with demons, and he cast out spirits with a word. He cured all who were sick. This was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took our infirmities and bore our diseases. Something you're going to see in this, in this training over the next few days is the word all keeps showing up. He healed them all. He healed them all. He healed them all. And the definition of all is all. <laughs> he healed them all. Every one of them. You know, and, and, and that's just mind-boggling. You think of the time that you know, he stood on the side of the hill and preached to 5,000 people. They were all healed. There was no sick among them. Um, and he didn't even touch them. He didn't even pray for them. But he taught with power. Okay? And what he spoke out into the atmosphere changed the atmosphere. And you can't be sick in the presence of God. There is no sickness in the presence of God. 1 Peter 2.24 He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that free from sin we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. You have been healed. It is, it is past tense. It was done. You were healed when Jesus took it to the cross. It's already been paid for. You already have been healed. You just need to get to a place where you can receive. You can have the faith for that. And you already have enough faith for that. You have more than enough faith for that. Okay? I would never tell anybody they didn't have enough faith. Never. We've all been given a measure of faith. Psalm 103.3, who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. Faith in healing. If somebody would read 1 John 5.4, please. There's our faith. And Hebrews 11.1. Okay. Mark eleven twenty four. If somebody would read that, please. And it will be yours. Uh, one John five, fourteen through fifteen. Okay. Is healing in the will of God? Sure it is. If it wasn't his will that people would be healed, he would have never sent Jesus. 
it's, it's just kind of that simple. You know, it was more than just restoring us to right relationship with the Father. It was just more than salvation. And we'll talk about that tomorrow as well. Hebrews 10, 35, 36. If somebody would read that, please. Out loud. Sure. You know, a lot of times we give up before before we need to. A lot of times we just we just give up before we even get to the healing room. But you need to be persistent. You know what? We are open on Monday nights every Monday night except for uh, national holidays like Labor Day, Memorial Day, and and I you know I want to bless our volunteers and let them have that night with their family or that day with their family. Other than that, we're there, unless it's a major snowstorm or a flood. And major snowstorms really don't count anymore because people show up anyway. It's just hard to cancel the healing rooms. Um, to call, there's just no way to call all the volunteers or the people that think they were going to you know, come. We have people that have come from Gillette, Wyoming. We have had people come from Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. We've had people from Steamboat. Colorado. We've had people from Denver, Aurora. Uh, we've had people from out east, uh, Wiggins and um, uh, I don't remember. It's out there by out there by Sterling. But I mean, people will drive two, three hours. We have good friends that come down from Cheyenne. We have good friends that come down from Laramie. Um, people are willing to drive you know, to have that encounter. Uh, our, our prophetic ministry, um, you, can call our, our, you can call our phone number on Monday nights. I don't usually advertise this, but you call on Monday nights, and if we can, we'll give you a word over the phone. This took off, you know, and I don't know how it did it. We had people start calling us from New York. We had people call us from Iowa and Louisiana. We've had people call us from Illinois, Nebraska, Colorado. We had one lady call us from Bali, Indonesia. And it's like, Lord, what are you doing? And we haven't even touched Loveland yet. And, and we have gone around the world. It's just crazy. Um, and sometimes we can't do it. I mean, sometimes we can't take phone calls because we just don't have enough volunteers. We need more volunteers. We could have a full-time, I believe, um, phone ministry if we had the people to do it. And what's really crazy is some people will charge you $40 to call and get a prophetic word from God. Boy, I don't want to be them on Judgment Day. That would not be good. Anyway, let's talk about the victory and the defeat. Okay? The victory is awesome and God get all the glory. It is awesome to see God's people have an encounter with the Father that created them. What's fun, it's to see the joy and the peace, the love, and the hope fill their bodies and shine on their faces as we walk in obedience and praying for the sick and the hurting. It's worth the price you will pay. And there is a price. It is so great to share the testimony of what you have seen and been a part of. 
It's a testimony of Jesus over and over again. It's the true love and compassion of Jesus flowing through you that builds great faith and tremendous power in the testimony wherever it's shared. You know, I, I, I don't know if you read a lot of Christian books. Uh, one that really captured us when we first got started a long time ago was Bill Johnson, When Heaven Invades Earth, or uh, Supernatural Power of a Transformed Mind. He wrote both those books. You know, and it's one thing to read about miracle signs and wonders through other people's testimonies, but to be on the front lines and experience those things for yourself, it's just a rush. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. Um, I have prayed for a lady that couldn't open her hand more than that. And after 20 minutes of prayer, she could do this. You know, and she went out into the, into the waiting area, which is like this, and she was just jumping up and down, laughing and crying and all at the same time. That's fun. We had a lady come in one time who had uh, MS and could barely, we were in a church that you had to go seven stairs down or seven stairs up. And they had to help her down the stairs into the, into the room where they prayed for her. And they prayed for her for 20 minutes and she was healed of MS, I'm going to say 85%. And it just kept getting better from there. She ran up the stairs with her hands up in the air, praising the Lord and out the door. This woman would go up in the mountains and sit along hiking trails and share her testimony of how God healed her from MS. And she was on our team for a while. Um, that is amazing. That is, I mean, if that's not addictive to see God's power at work, I don't know what is. But you also need to be ready for the challenge of defeat. Those times when you pray and release the name of Jesus and you see no change or even death, what then? This is when the question comes up. Why isn't everybody we prayed for healed? And I'm going to tell you right now, if I could answer that question, I wouldn't be standing here. <laughs> no. Um, I believe everybody is healed to a degree. Sometimes we don't see the manifestation here like we want to. Um, there have been times when our volunteers have gotten really personally involved with people that have had cancer and have taken them meals and have sat with them and prayed with them long times and, and that person ended up dying. And so, you know, that takes a, a toll on you. It really does. But anyway, um, you got to be ready for that because that happens from time to time. And it's not about you. It never was about you. It's about God. You did what you were supposed to do. 1 Corinthians 8, 2 and 3. If somebody would read that, please. Okay. And 1 Corinthians 13, 8, 9, and 12. The answer is in these two verses. Humility, we only know in part. We must stay humble and admit that we don't have all the answers. 
and we will only know when we are in the presence of the Father. I'm sure you're like me. You've got a lot of questions you want answered when we get to heaven. The other part is love never fails. When we minister in love, we will bring His life to those in need. It's more important to love the Father and to be known by Him than to have all the answers. If He's perfect, then it must be up to us to find out the whys and learn what we're missing. Keep pressing in, learn new prayer strategies, ask for more revelation, and never give up. It goes back to what I said earlier. I believe every time we pray and we release the name of Jesus, something happens. Every time. We may not see it. It may be like planting a seed. And you plant enough seeds and you get a tremendous harvest. I have seen people come in and they didn't receive anything the first time. But I have seen people come in every Monday night for two years and I've seen their, heal, their, their, their marriage healed, I've seen their finances healed, and I've seen their bodies healed. Okay? Can God heal it like that? Sure He can. Does it happen all the time? No, it doesn't. And, and I'm not sure why. But I do believe if you're persistent and you keep knocking on that door and then you start beating on that door and asking God, he will give you new prayer strategy and he will give you revelation. That's what I like about the, the prophetic is that, is that those people that, that are um, people that are accustomed to hearing God's voice in, a, in the prophetic realm, they see things in heaven and know what's going on and they can give you insights to how to pray and what to pray. And I'll show more about that as we go on. I didn't think I was very prophetic. I, you know, I'm just not a real feeler. I'm not a real seer. I, you know, it doesn't happen to me all the time. Man, when I get a picture, I'm excited, and I let people know it. But the most important thing I can tell you, if you do not learn anything else out of the next four, 24 hours, is that, that you have to minister out of love. You have to minister the way Jesus would. <laughs> I would rather people come into the healing rooms and know that they are loved than get healed. It's just important to me. Uh, you know, I, there was a time where I thought healing was the end all to be all, that it was, it was everything. And that's not everything. You know, healing is a sign and points to the direction of the Lord. You know, salvation, knowing Jesus, knowing the healer is more important than being healed. But to, to, to minister out of love. We have, we have enough time, or whatever time it takes, to walk from the chair you're sitting into, into that room to be prayed for. I have that amount of time to love you the way Jesus did. And you would think, well, that's, that's tough, that's impossible. And no, that's very easy. You know, especially for strangers, because you don't have the history. You don't have the prejudices. You don't know. And you know what? God doesn't care what you did yesterday. He just cares what you're going to do tomorrow. Okay? So if you went out and tied what on last night, and you smoke a pack of cigarettes a day, that's one thing. But God wants you to get on the path to go the other way. Okay? You're paying a price right now to be here. There's a lot of different things you could be doing on a Friday night in Cheyenne, Wyoming than stand here and, or sit here and listen to me. And they might even be more fun. I doubt it, but it might be.
but you're paying a price. You're paying a price to be here right now. I think that's why kids have so much fun at camps when they go to camps. They have to pay a price to get there, and they have to take time out of their schedule to go. But God always shows up at camp. He always shows up at camp. Page 19, why do more Christians pray for healing? Number one is fear. Number two, a lack of knowledge. Number three would be pride. And number four would be theological unbelief or wrong teaching. The question is, what is the will of God for you? If somebody would read Genesis 1.28, please. Okay, that is your blessing. That's yours. If somebody would read Romans 15, 13, please. That's your blessing. It's yours. You need to take hold of that. You need to receive it and grab it and hold on to it. It's yours. Romans 6, 20. Amen. 1 Corinthians 3.17. Okay, you need to know that you're holy. You are a temple of the living God. Ephesians 3.20. Okay, that's just fun. I don't care what you say, that's just fun. And I'll tell you right now, you don't ask and you're not thinking big enough. You're not. A lot of us just hope we can get through the week, that we can get to the next paycheck, that, uh, oh, I hope 2016 is a good year. God's got much bigger plans. Thing, the fun thing about God is that he does not work on a budget. Okay? He's got more then enough cattle on a thousand hills to cover, if he sold a couple of them, to cover what you need. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to his power and work that works within us. Now, I don't know about you, but I can think of a lot of stuff. When I started, uh, we started in this ministry, you know, I wanted, I, I want a building. I want a big building that would seat you know, a thousand people that we could uh, go seven nights or seven days a week that we would be open, you know, uh, eight in the morning till till seven or eight at night. We'd have plenty of volunteers to do all that. That we could bring in big name speakers that could teach, you know, I'm awesome. But, you know, Kenneth Copeland, Jesse Duplantis, uh, you know, Bill Johnson, those guys are a little bit better. Um I'd like to have a room in our healing rooms that would be set up that somebody could be rolled in on a gurney and just be ministered to all day by different teams and, and sit and listen to, to worship music the whole time. Um, I can think of a lot of stuff. 
and I haven't given up on any of it yet. There are times I've come close. Go, Lord, I'm so tired. <laughs> but I'm not giving up. Matter of fact, I went and laid hands on a building down in Loveland. It's a huge building. It's, a, it's an old grocery store building. Right on 34 as you come into Loveland, I said, Lord, I want to claim this building for the healing rooms. And, and I want you to hold it until the time you think we're ready. I think I'm ready, but obviously you don't. <laughs> but Lord, I, I, I want this building. And that building has sat empty now for over I don't know, 12 or 13 years. <laughs> Janet goes, when are you going to go release that building? <laughs> I'm not releasing that building. Anyway, okay. Any questions so far? What we covered is just basic stuff. You know, when God, when God formed us out of the ground in the, in, the, in the garden, He never meant for these bodies to be sick. He never meant for them to deal with cancer and leprosy. He never meant for us to deal with Down syndrome, heart disease, kidney failure, high blood pressure. You know, we were supposed to be in the garden and life was going to be good all the time and we were going to work in the garden, you know, I don't know what, you know, picking up leaves that fell to the ground, you know, that type of thing. Nothing real strenuous. But because of the fall, sickness and death came in. And we've been dealing with it ever since. So that's basically it. I mean, that's what happened. That's why we are where we are today. I mean, you know, church wants to make it really difficult, but it's not that difficult. It's really pretty simple. Lies and disclaimers of men. Wait a minute, let's, you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break for, for uh, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes or so, and, and then we'll come back.